This is Believe in Buckeyes, and this show is brought to you by Bet Online. Jim, hit him with the ad. So, with the NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores, with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into get in on the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use your promo code as Believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And if you have any issues with gambling, feel free to reach out to 1-800-GAMBLER. They're 24-7 to help you out with any of your needs you may have in that uh, area. But, yes, this is Believe in Buckeyes. I'm Brian Browning. This is Chimby Checkwild. We have a great show for you guys today because it is officially, officially the offseason. College started a couple weeks ago, and it feels there too. So, yeah, I mean, things are changing. Things are shaking up. And the biggest thing around Ohio State is the changes with our coaches. Last episode, we talked about losing a couple coaches, safeties coach, gaining the guy, losing the special teams coach. But we gained the offensive coordinator and Bill O'Brien coming straight from the New England Patriots. Man, you got some experience there. What you think about that hire? Yeah, some experience. Um, and when you you know when you think about, it, I know Bill O'Brien wasn't the sexiest hire. I think the last time we heard Bill O'Brien's name on the national stage was uh Milro from Alabama talking about Bill O'Brien <laughs> said I need to change positions right I, I, uh, and you know and I really I, I I questioned that like how did he say it you know what I'm saying like was it you know I think you'd be better at a, a different position or was it like you suck at quarterback don't do this no more you know what I'm saying because how you say it matters like, it matters I, it matters right that's you know right that's right high school wide receivers I said you know you're a good wide receiver, but if you play DB, probably could go play D1, maybe be able to make it to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? That's that's to me, that's positive feedback. But anyway, um yeah. <laughs> Bill O'Brien, you know, when you when you think about what Ohio State needed, what Ryan Day was looking for, there was speculation about the head coach at Toledo as a potential option for offensive coordinator. Um and it's he's looking for to me, he's looking for somebody with experience, somebody with experience, not just at calling plays, but experience in running the team. Because when it comes to day, if I'm a leader, I want to hire for things that um, solve for some of the weaknesses, you know. And if you're Ryan Day, do you need really need another creative offensive mind, right? right. Ryan Day was a creative offensive mind four or five <laughs> years ago, right? Then he brings in Justin, uh, he brings in Fry to bring some more creativity to the offensive line and the run game. But what was missing to me all year, we talked about it all the time in the run yeah. game, like the operation just doesn't seem right. The execution doesn't seem right. The structure doesn't seem right. And I think what Bill O'Brien brings to the table is more of that structure and the ability to allow Ryan Day to take a step back and begin to run the team as opposed to just locking in and trying to run the offense. Yeah. And if, real quick, I'm going to shoot off uh, Coach O'Brien's resume here for, for our listeners. So uh, 2009 to 2011, he's an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for the New England, New England Patriots. Yeah. From there, he takes the head job at Penn State for the 12th season, 13th season. From there, he goes back to the NFL. He's the head coach for the Houston Texans from 14 to 20. Uh, from there, he takes a job with Alabama with Coach Saban as the offensive coordinator, seasons 21-22. Uh, 
And then this past season, he was the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach back with the New England Patriots. Um, so we talking about a guy that, I mean, he's he's been doing it for a while at a high level, right? Yeah. I mean, all those teams that I called off, uh, I mean, those teams won a lot of games. And I, I don't really recall the offense ever <laughs> being an issue for most of those teams that, that I just kind of called off. Obviously, he eventually moved on for those jobs, whether he was terminated or uh, wasn't retained or something of that nature. So he's still kind of been bouncing around. But, you know, he's been doing doing it for a while. I think the thing I like most about that coach, the hire Bill O'Brien, like you said, what he's going to bring in to the run game for Ohio State, like some of those just like I, I call them just bread and butter plays. When you just line up and you call these plays against the look no matter what. You've seen the Patriots do it for many years. I play, everybody knows Tom Brady and how great he was as a player and the quarterback and the, 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 the championships that he won. Yeah. Um, but – the Patriots was never afraid to run the football. When you talk about Penn State, historically, they're never afraid to run the football. So he's going to be able to bring that in. I feel like that's something that uh, Coach Day has been, I guess, kind of lacking. Like I say, just having those certain plays that you can just kind of go out there against a lesser opponent and just run these plays the whole game if you wanted to and just dare a team to stop you. And he's going to be able to go in there and install that. They won, <laughs> which has me excited. Another thing about it is some of the stuff that we see in our off of the line play, he'll be able to kind of help Coach Fry out in that and, and just really teach it the right way. So they know what to do in these situations when they come up in the games, when they had different looks, different fronts, things of that nature, how to count the box just so he could be a better offense. Uh, and like I say, once again, just be able to execute uh, hat on the hat, big boy ball, get some people moved around and be able to kind of do that. Yeah. Um, and everything, everything you said, you you're talking about is like it's just structure, right? It's like yeah, it's another level of maturity for this offense, um, taking that next step. And I and I know we we love the the, the Lincoln Rileys and the Cliff Cliff Kingsbury or whatever. We love mm-hmm. the the, the high powered offenses, but what do we love more than that is winning. <laughs> and if we <laughs> watch right. we watched a team in Michigan that didn't have the the super creative offense. I remember there was an interview with Saban. He talked about how Michigan has a they, – they huddle every play. <laughs> We're not used to seeing a huddle. Like, we we scrambled a little bit because we had to we had to identify personnel and stuff, and they were coming out of a huddle. Like, that's not new age offense. <laughs> that's that's as, old, as old style as you can get, and that was the innovation. I think um, he brings that structure. Um, and I, I remember I tweeted out, I feel like there's some cracks in the foundation, right? And how you solve for that is you bring in someone who can hold guys accountable offensively that is continuously trying to figure out how can we make sure that this operation continues to get better and better and better throughout the year. And you still have Ryan Day, who is his offense, right? Mm-hmm. And he could right. continue to, to bring that creativity and make sure that they are taking the, making the most out of that offense. And it's just it's – just, it's just grown. It's just grown up football. It's a more maturity to that offensive side, and we saw we saw it happen on the defense with Nose when he when he came in, and it's much needed on the offensive side too. So I, I think it was a good hire. I understand people's feeling towards it, <laughs> right? And the and the stat that's being floated around. What's the stat that's being floated around about his win? Yeah. Uh, so I, I gotta I gotta yeah I, I found this myself. So I'm kind of looking up information on Coach O'Brien. I'm like, okay, well you know he's with the Patriots with Alabama. You know how many Super Bowls did <laughs> Coach Bill O'Brien win? I'm like, 
No, they keep talking about appearances. How many did he win? And it was like, yeah, he, n- n- zero. He didn't win. And well, how about national? Surely Alabama <laughs> would go save me at least got one, one of those national championships. Yeah. And he did not. So I'm thinking like, man, around all the success without actually winning it, is he possibly a jinx, man? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I mean, I, was, it's, I don't know. But it's kind of alarming that, you know, this guy's been around all the success. Yeah. All these Super Bowls and championships, but his team never got it done. Like I, that's that's interesting, man. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it, it, it is an interesting stat. One is it's hard to win a Super Bowl. They, he did make it to a couple Super Bowls, yep. and they and they didn't finish the job. But he also is only coaching one side of the ball. Like he really can't control all of the elements in the game, man. He can't control all the elements in the game. So at the end of the day, um, and you go back to Alabama, twenty twenty two, they lost to uh, Tennessee, they lost to LSU. Both times on offense, they scored. The defense couldn't stop the other team from scoring to win the game. LSU got a two-point conversion to win in overtime. So, hey, hey, what we tell Coach Day? <laughs> hey, you got to figure it out, man. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear about what happened, man. I just know you guys didn't, you guys didn't bring it home, man. That's what, that's what we can say, talk, say about that. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all on the offensive coordinator. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But yeah, but I mean, also, I mean, we just we've been mentioning Alabama a lot this episode, and I guess this is a a fitting episode to do so because I mean, yeah. Ohio State is getting a lot of Alabama guys showing up to campus, man. Like we're we're kind of turning to maybe I don't know Alabama of the Midwest. Should we start? Oh, no, we, I ain't gonna start. That, oh man. yeah, I don't but, know. <laughs> but no, but big news though, we did get Caleb Dows out of the transfer portal, uh, safety out of Alabama. Uh, he led the team in tackles. He was a true freshman last season. Led the team in tackles with 107 tackles. Um, he is a, a a game changer at that safety position. What do you think about bringing in such a, a, a highly touted player to our defense? So. Silver Bullets, man. Silver yeah. Bullets. They've been back. And <laughs> now they just hit a new level. I mean, yeah. we're talking about – uh, it's hard to say this, man, because I was part of a, a, a defensive backfield myself. But it's they, – they're really they're they're really um, looking like they could possibly, possibly be one of the best defensive backfields um, that we've seen at Ohio State. It's just – it's so much talent across the board. And the one the – one, on defense in general, or really on the team, two of the, the areas are offensive line on the offensive side, but on defense, I thought they were really light when it came to safety. Talented players, you had, you know, Lathan Ransom coming back, you still got Sonny Styles, and Malik, a young guy. Um, but now, there is no weakness. <laughs> there is no weakness. And he is, man, he's legit. He's a, he's, I mean, he's trending towards a top 15 pick in the NFL when he comes out after his just junior season. Um, but he's a playmaker, big-time playmaker. And, man, we already got a lot of playmakers on that defense. This is this is a very, very impressive-looking defense. Um, you still got to play the game, but my goodness. Got to play the game. Yeah, yeah and, and I guess looking at it, it, it appears, obviously we're not the coaches, right, but he yeah. probably was kind of stepped right into that uh, that role that Josh Pro- Proctor left. Uh, we've seen him make a lot of plays for this this defense last year, and we had slide him into that role. And I think you probably keep Lathan and Sunday Styles kind of where they was at, and plug him in there, or you know if that's fits, yeah. and then we just kind of kind of take it from there. I mean, definitely excited players, excited news to get a Atlanta guy like that. Another thing I like to throw out is that um, he returned punts. I mean, he has a, yeah. he returned a ton, but he did return some. And he took one back. 
uh, to the house. He 85 yard return for a touchdown. Um, and we, I don't know if you plan on doing that at Ohio State, but if so, like we definitely could use that pickup in the in the special teams area. Where yeah. essentially last season, it don't. I don't think we returned kicks. Period. Yeah, I, <laughs> the I last mean, couple I, seasons at Ohio State. You 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 joked about this. It's like we don't even take it serious no more. Like, yeah. like like yeah. a punt return is just we're really just out there to let the ball roll or catch the ball inside the five and and let the offense do all the work. Like. Put him back there. Like, I want to see a playmaker back there. Mecca Buka did uh, some punt return um, before. He probably won't do it this season. Put him back there. Put somebody back there who could take it to the house. Um, the, the question to me still is Sonny Styles, you know. Honestly, Sonny Styles to me looks like a linebacker. Um, his size, combination of size and speed, I don't know if he'd be comfortable with it. But honestly, I'd like to see him rush the passer more. You know what I'm saying? Get closer and closer to the line of scrimmage as close as possible and be more disruptive. Um, so I don't know what they do. I don't know if they, you know, who knows how they decide they're, they're planning to use them moving forward. But I like this as a, an opportunity to move him closer to the line of scrimmage um, and keep all those guys on the field and keep Jordan Hancock in the slot, you know, during, on passing downs. Uh, but, yeah, man, they got a lot, of, a lot of versatility on the defense. And, yeah, man, for – you know, special teams, man. Let's let's take special teams serious, man. Yes, yes. Let's yeah, let's do it. That's that's part of Ohio State football. But the next guy to talk about from Ohio State is on the other side of the ball. He he is a quarterback, the number one quarterback of the twenty twenty four class, and that's uh, Julian saying. He, he now he showed up to Alabama. He, I guess he was there for a week or two or something of that nature. But he obviously jumped in the portal and committed to Ohio State. I mean that we went from being kind of light and experienced at quarterback to being like really heavy in the quarterback yeah. room at Ohio State. What do you think about Julian saying it, and what are you seeing and, and heard so far about him and, and the way he could play? Yeah, so I know he was what the top quarterback in twenty twenty four. You know how they shuffle yeah. that stuff around. At one point, I think uh, Dylan Rayola was the top quarterback, and then so you know I don't I don't. I don't buy too much into it, but obviously he's a good player because he was committed to Alabama and he was rated high. Um, but I watched like 30 seconds of, of his high school uh, <laughs> huddle clips, and, man, he looks impressive. For yeah. a high school quarterback, he just really – you know, there's some guys that go out on the field and throw the ball. C.J. Stroud was one that go out on the field and just throw the ball, and they just – it's like Kevin Durant going on the basketball court and shooting. Like, they just do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so he looks really, he, he looks really impressive. Uh, I think, I think I got a nickname for him already. I'm gonna call him Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan, ah, man. There you but, go. Uh, it started here. It started here. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I but, love it. Julian well, a lot Sane, of competition, man. Yes. I also like Aaron Nolan saying, you know, I'm staying here. I'm going to compete. Um, competition now is different than what it was before because you can compete. And if you lose a competition, shake hands, you get a nod to the other guy and you go transfer somewhere else and go start somewhere else. So, um, I just wish the best of luck to all those guys, man. It's, it, it's, you know, it's not, it's not easy, but at the same time, I like the fact that they're bringing in competition and I'm excited about the prospects for these guys. These guys are talented, talented young individuals for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause right. You bring up Aaron Nolan. Now Aaron Nolan was also true, true freshman. He's just coming. He just got to campus a few weeks ago at the start of the semester uh, he's, uh, I think number three or four or five quarterback in the 2024 yeah. class. So, um, and we've been super excited, you know, seeing what he could do in our offense as well. So like I say, it's, it's competition right away. And I, and obviously 
that's going to make them much better players, right? I mean, you got a guy that has to learn everything right when you're learning it, right? Because obviously you got older guys in the room. You got Lincoln, you got Devin, you got Will Howard coming over with with all his experience in college football. But for Air and Julian, it's going to be their first time hearing all this stuff. Their first time, you know, uh, leading a a Ohio State, uh, a a Division I office, you know, when it comes to practice and things of that nature. And just to know you got somebody kind of right there with you, you already know that these two are going to be like the best of friends, right? You already know at their body a year, these two are going to be the best of friends because they're going to be going through all the hard times together, the bad practices, the good practices, learning from each other, certain things. And it's just going to be like when it's going to come down to it, it's going to be like the best man win type of situation because it's going to take – obviously this year we probably won't see them much, neither one of them, no matter how things go. Um, And they just kind of get to come in, absorb, learn, grow – and just do a lot of things together to make themselves the best football uh, players possible. And it's just exciting. I mean, it's really just exciting to have two guys rated that high in the same position. You know it's going to be a battle for years to come. We're going to talk about it for for, for years before we even, even get to really kind of play out. And it's uh, it's just really, yeah. really good to see huh? for, for the Ohio State team. What I hope for these young players, multiple five-star, multiple talented young players coming in at the same time, I hope that at Ohio State, they just do a good job of developing players. Do a good job of developing players. I don't care, you know, all positions, so that you can continue to get multiple players coming in. Because at the minimum, if I can come to Ohio State, maybe I go there one or two years, I develop, I continue to improve. I don't win out. I don't win the, the competition. I have to end up transferring somewhere else. At least I can say I came here, I learned here, I developed here. I ended up playing somewhere else. But I'll go tell the next kid that's considering where to go. Don't be afraid to go compete at Ohio State because even still, you'll be able to develop, you'll be able to compete, and everybody around the country will know when I leave here, I'm going to be ready to go, right? So you'll still have your, your opportunity to go play elsewhere. That's what I hope for um, for, for all of these, these young guys coming in and, and, and embracing the competition. Yeah, that's for sure. So obviously, like I said, I mean uh, – we're definitely not Alabama or the Midwest. We're, we're talking about a couple guys. We got Seth, but that was before Coach uh, Coach Saban decided to retire. But but yeah. with Nick Saban retiring, like I mean, it's like a tracking article. I think they have lost about ten young players. Kind of jumped into the transfer portal since that decision. Obviously, they decided to bring in a good coach, um, Kalen DeBoer, who just led the Washington Huskies to a national championship game. Um, so they brought in a guy with some a good uh, a good track record, more or less, but. There has to be some type of power shift that's happening uh, in college football, and especially in the SEC with a guy like Nick Saban deciding to call it a career. Um, what's your thoughts on that? And and is there, are you expecting maybe another school to arise due to this transition in the SEC? Yeah, so initially I thought, you know, with Saban leaving, that concentration of, of you know, players out of the Southeast going all to this one school will disperse across the SEC. Um, you see a little dispersal with guys decommitting and leaving, going to Ole Miss, going to LSU, Georgia, et cetera, Ohio State. But honestly, I, I really think somebody else emerges to be, not necessarily the Alabama because they may not have saving, but yeah. like I think Texas kind of kind of really emerges as you know one of the top two. So I think it's still going to be a top-heavy conference. Um, and the one with the deeper pockets, the one with the best structure, just emerges. Uh, and I, I think that's what it comes down to because, you know, you see it with those players like like Downs, like saying, you know, the coach they wanted to play for leaves. 
and they go back to their second option, which is Ohio State. These kids understand in today's world, if it doesn't work out, I could go somewhere else. So I'm going to go maximize the opportunity at the best school possible. Um, and honestly, I think that consistency is going to probably shift more to like a Texas. Uh, Georgia's already there, obviously. Right. Um, and I think the SEC continues to be what it is, where the third and fourth school continues to shift year in and year out. Um, and that's just that's what it is. I don't. There's not going to be another Nick Saban. I think Kirby Smart probably is the closest uh, at, at at you know at, at this time. Um, right. So yeah, it's just a shifting of the landscape, really. Yeah, I mean, there's no really replacing a Nick Saban, right? I mean, if you just look yeah. at his resume is from like. Since he got went back to Alabama and kind of started his career there, I mean, it just like literally makes him. Not, it's it's tough to say another coach has been better ever at coaching college football than Nick Saban for that run that he had at Alabama. I mean, just talking about essentially there was like a, almost a shoe in to win the national championship every two to three years uh, in his tenure there. So, uh, like I said, I think things things will shift. I would say watch out for Ole Miss, right? I know they've been making a lot of noise. Uh, they got a a, um, a coach that that's attractive right he brings yeah. in a lot of players and things of that nature and i know you've been doing some work in the transfer portal as well uh you also been picking a little bit of Ohio state and the nil spinach so you know um you know all funny games right but um you know i, I just just watch out for them obviously they they always been competitive competitive offensively for things they could do over there and you know also we got one of his guys too we had we got justin's coming in from 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 lane different school so he's probably a little a little bitter but, yeah. you know, just kind of watch out for them, I guess, in terms of things as well. So, um, yeah, so I guess we got some announcements to kind of talk about uh, in the recruiting world. Uh, Ohio State uh, has a defensive end commit, Dominic Kurtz, uh, out of Painesville, Ohio. He would, Now, this is big. This is kind of big because, I mean, we've been – I talk about it all the time, about us kind of building that fence around yeah. Ohio. This kid was committed to Washington, obviously, like we just stated. Washington goes – leaves Washington. He goes to – Alabama, and so he decommits from Washington, and he decides to take his commitment over to Ohio State, uh, a big defensive end, pretty athletic kid. So I think that's 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 kind of that's kind of big, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta protect your state, yeah. Defense around, especially with all these new teams coming into the Big Ten, guys might get a little bit curious about playing in the Big Ten, but being on the West Coast, but you gotta secure those guys. So I think that's a big win for Ohio State. Uh, also needs to be mentioned that uh, Dorian Brew. Um, Dorian Brew was the number one player in Ohio, but then he moved to Texas. But he's still one of a, a national recruit. But he had his announcement. He had, he had planned on making his yeah. uh, announcement commitment. What was the date on that? I, the twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Oh, okay. Days he had planned to, but that's uh, that's been, been pushed back. Yeah, yeah. pushed back to a, a date to be determined. But that's big. Once again, that's so. He's still an Ohio kid. Right? <laughs> he went to Texas. So, yeah, so like I said, we want to keep an eye on Dorian Brew and make sure we stay in tune to exactly what, what he's doing there as well. But uh, so, Chip, I mean, obviously with things that are kind of shaking up and kind of going on around college football, what are your thoughts on recruiting in the transfer portal? Like, do you think things would continue to go the way they are? Would Colorado still be the number one team people go to to do the Deion Sanders? Or with this yeah. NIL and things of that nature, would things kind of, once again, that talent disperse a little bit? And where would things land? Yeah, I, I, I think everybody's really starting to build their strategy around it, kind of figure out their approach. And when I say everybody, I'm really talking about the big dogs because really mm -hmm. some of those teams, like Arizona, 
You just they just get what they can get, right? You had Saban yeah. leave, the board goes to a- Alabama, <laughs> Arizona coach goes to Washington, and now Arizona just a we ain't got the pockets to go get uh, uh, all these top coaches and top players. So um, it's like that lower school on the totem pole ends up, you know, kind of stuck, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I think everybody begins to figure out their plan. Ohio State, who obviously should be able to raise tons of money, understands like if we could keep some of our good guys <laughs> another year, that typically would just come three years and be gone, um, and then find you know some players where we where we have some needs. This is a this is a unique year where Saban leaves, and some guys come available that probably wouldn't have came would have you know come available. Um, yeah. You got teams like Ole Miss. You you mentioned Elaine Kiffin's tweet, and that's not a tweet. That's a tweet talking about Ohio State, but that's really a tweet talking to people at Ole Miss saying, "Look, we need to raise more money. Mm -hmm. They got thirteen million. We need to at least get to ten. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's really what it is. And it doesn't matter if the number's real or not. Um, the 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 pressure, the sense of urgency becomes real. Um, but I really think in the end, you know, it, it can't continue like this. And there's going to be continued pressure from the IRS on how collectives operate. There's going to be um, pressure from some within college football to say, look, got to start sharing the revenue with players. Otherwise, this thing's going to get a little wilder and wilder over time. So we'll see how it unfolds. Um, right now, this has been a great year for Ohio State. But based on how things continue on, you never know from year to year um, yeah. what it's going to be. So. Yeah, because I mean that's a good way to put it. Because I mean a lot of this stuff is kind of like you see the foundations, uh, these these organizations who's kind of in these NIO, they're kind of asking for donate. Like, hey, who want to contribute? Who wants to kind of get? And eventually, I mean, you gotta, you would think eventually it slows down. Like maybe someone's super excited about it and they got yeah. some extra funds uh, through the year through their business or something of the nature, so they want to kind of get into this, but. Um, you would think maybe, you know, that the donor side of things probably could, it could take a hit. So that's something that I guess always would need to be considered. But like you say, if they open things up into the TV side of things, then yeah. it'll be fine. Like <laughs> that, that, that's enough money to kind of keep things afloat and you can put a real budget around it. Almost probably, you probably have to hire like a, a GM type of situation to kind of control exactly how all the funds are going when it comes to things of that nature. But I think that's the best way to, to sustain it long term. Could just kind of keep, you know, specking certain businesses and certain people to kind of keep donating to this thing, even though you know you cheer for your team. But it's just like I don't. It's not yeah. my job to fund a football team. Yeah. <laughs> my job is to make money for my company and, and things of that nature and the people that work for me. So you know, it's definitely a, a inter- interesting thing, and obviously, no one knows how it's going to play out, but. Yeah, it's definitely a hat to play out some well, kind of way. Well, when you lose your rival, people start spending money. Like, hey, we yeah. can't. I can't. I can't go back to work and and, <laughs> and be ridiculed by, <laughs> by this one Michigan person at my workplace. So I got to spend this bread. We got to get back to who we are. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how we'll see. How, it, how 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 it plays out after the years where we're just destroying everybody. Yeah. Um, see if people still have that same sense of urgency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we, we'll see. But yeah, but that's our show for the for the for this week. Uh, 
to tune in next week. Uh, obviously, it's funny. Like, we go into the week, we really don't know what's going to happen. Then, boom, something happens, and we, we could basically spend a whole show on it. So we appreciate you guys tuning in with us. Subscribe to the station. Subscribe uh, to Believe in Buckeyes on all the all the uh, pages. Uh, hit us up on YouTube as well. Really appreciate all the growing and love and support that we've been getting. So we appreciate you all. We end all our shows with an OH. I.O. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Catch you next time. Silver Bull is back, baby. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.